Well, hello, Bible love. Great to be with you today. Um, I'm still in my grandmother's Bible, which we started back in October 2020. And I've prayed this prayer for you before, but I asked Alan, I thought it might be good for today. It's called For Today, and this prayer is taped in the very first page of Grandmother's Bible. So here, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Oh God, give me strength to live another day. Let me not turn coward before its difficulties or prove recrant its, to its duties. Let me lo- not lose faith in other people. Keep me sweet and sound of heart in spite of ingratitude, treachery or, men- treachery or meanness. Preserve me from minding little stings or giving them. Help me to keep my heart clean and to live so honestly and fearlessly that no outward failure can dishearten me or take away the joy of conscious integrity. Open wide the eyes of my soul that I may see good in all things. Grant me this day some new vision of thy truth. Inspire me with the spirit of joy and gladness. And make me the cup of strength to suffer souls in the name of the strong deliverer, our only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, Alan, before we get started, can I ask you a question? Sure. We talked about last week when John was on about your celebration of new ministry. Can you tell us how that went? Yeah, it went well. Um, Jimmy Hartley was a disappointment, as you can imagine. Um, I'm surprised he's still ordained. It was good. I disagree with you. It was was very good. good. Jimmy is an excellent preacher. Um, he also shared some embarrassing stories that we don't need to repeat here. Y'all can go find it online if you want to hear about um, the tragic gift I almost purchased for Virginia Seminary mm-hmm. or the donkey I bought for the ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople or any other number of things that um, I somehow get into trouble when I'm with Jimmy. But no, it was great. It was a great celebration. There were folks from the Diocese of Texas. Right, because my diocese is reunifying with them, and so some of them were there, including my dear friend Beth Fain, who we need to have on. Yeah, um, we gotta have Beth the podcast. On. I, she's. I don't know why I haven't thought of that. Other folks, Bishop Mayer was there. It was great. It was um, a good time to celebrate St. Martin's and the work that we are all doing together. So I'm official. I guess they can't get rid of me. Although yesterday they're starting flooring work in my office. And so yesterday I had to pack up my office. And so the senior warden walks in and I'm literally boxing up things on my desk. And Keen's like, uh, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. We just got you. And now you're boxing everything up. Well, Alan, I wanted to say, I watched it online because I couldn't be there in person with you. And the, the thing, the theme that I saw, um, both with Jimmy and, uh, Bishop Mayor and you and all the people that were there is that you will do this work together. 
And that is really the most important thing we can do when we think about ministry. It's not just about the rector. It's about the people working together to live into God's kingdom. And so I'm so excited for this for you and the people of St. Martin's. And um, it was a joy to watch. And I'm going to come in person and see it myself soon. So we'll figure all that out. All right. What are we talking about? We are finally gonna get our way through second kings we've been working through and we've only been in kings for a couple of weeks but it feels like we've been here for a long time because it's the same thing over and over it's a list of kings and they get maybe a sentence maybe a paragraph and talks about oh they did this but they didn't do it like david or they they really screwed up here and here's what's going to happen so it's a little bit more of that and then it ends kind of tragically and leaves us on a cliffhanger We'll talk about that when we get there. But we are going to get through chapters 11 through 24. This is a pretty big chunk. But again, uh, Second Kings is highly repetitive. Just swap out the names of kings, but the, the facts kind of remain. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Alan, because I was kind of thinking about this. Um, so, you know, the whole point um, of all of this sort of tra- dramatic, traumatic um, time was trying to unite these kingdoms, right, um, of Judea and Israel to find a good leader and to continue to be in covenant with God. And it continues to break. So, like, 11 starts with actually a queen, um, but it, it really, like, for no, no joke, like the whole bit that we're talking about today is literally different paragraphs of Kings. Like that they get like a paragraph and it may be that they reign for three years or 40 years or whatever. But this theme that we continue to kind of feel ourselves in, in the first and second Kings is nobody's making it work. It's not happening, yeah. which is much like, the last 2,000 years. Right? Yeah, and, and there's so much hope, right? Like you look at Second Kings 11, 17, for instance. Right. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people. They would be the Lord's people. And another covenant between the king and the people. There's hope. There's a new mm-hmm. king. This king is recovenanting. And then you move down a little bit more and... um. There's promises to like be no more worship of Baal, right? Jezebel and the whole other gods thing is like, God, we got it this time. And then we get to Second Kings chapter 12. It says, throughout that time, the priest Jehoiada uh, instructed him, Joash did what was right in the Lord's sight. So there's even more hope. This king is listening to the priest, right? And so maybe... But then verse three, yet the high places were not taken away. The people continued sacrificing and burning incense on the high places. So you promised that we were going to get rid of these altars to unknown gods. You promised that we were going to stop worshiping all this. The priest is telling you to do all this and you're making a covenant with God. But yet the high places were not taken away because we're human. Exactly. Well, I sent Alan a little celebration of new ministry present in the mail. And it's this 
blessing that I really love. But one of the things in that is don't forget to rejoice for hope is always just around the corner, right? And I love that. And I feel that in my heart. And you know, they must have been feeling that too, right? Like you were pointing out, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. But then it just is this downward, upward, downward, upward. That's like emotionally draining, right? And that's kind of how life is too, right? We just downward, upward. What are we going to face today? But how do we continue to keep the hope in God? Um, something in 13 that happens that's pretty significant because, um, as we talked about last week, there were these two prophets who actually were, um, maybe more of leaders than some of the kings were. But um, one of those prophets, Elisha, actually dies in 13. And I think that is significant because then this war breaks out again, right? And so, again, I I feel like we're kind of repeating ourselves over and over again. But these wars, these kings, these prophets, it just keeps happening, right? And that must feel so frustrating, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, it goes into, you know, there's Israel recaptures the city and there's more, I'm sure, bloodshed and war and all of that. And then you move on to 14 after all this. And For the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter. There was no one to help Israel. Like you yeah. can just hear the writer saying, where are you, God? Where are you, king? Where are you, prophet? Where are you, priest? Where are you, anybody? There's no one to help Israel. You know, this reminds me, um, today is the eighth birthday of my little niece, Jane Anna. And I think I've talked about Jane Anna before. When she was a month old, she um, was diagnosed with um, um, cancer. She had a tumor. And, you know, the story is awesome because Jane Anna is cancer-free now. But um, she went through a really hard time. And I remember us saying, you know, where are you, God? How do babies have tumors, right? So that's just like one example. Same thing that we're feeling here, like, where are you, God? Um, And I can think of a million things in that, you know. Um, Where are you, God, when your kids are having a hard time? Where are you, God, when there's a terrible diagnosis? Where are you, God, when we are feeling broken and lost? But the beauty of all of this which was happening in Kings and is happening now is God never does forsake us. God never does leave us. We are still in relationship with God. And it's so easy to forget though, isn't it? Why is that? You You know, part of, no, I don't have an answer. I have some thoughts. Um, So part of Kings, right? This cycle of idolatry right? Worshiping other gods. But that doesn't start with these folks until they doubt the one true God, mm. right? They forget what God has done. Right. And God is like, hey, remember the Red Sea? Hey, remember all of this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go on and things happen and they're like, where's God? We've never seen God. God has never been with us. Never mind our ancestors who were left for dead in the wilderness and God provided bread. Never mind any of that. God is not with us. And then idolatry comes around with, if God is not there, we're going to build our own God. We're going to worship our own God. We're going to look out for ourselves. So, right, like it takes both, and we see it both in here, then forgetting what God has done in the past, not feeling God in the present. And idolatry, like making a new God 
in the future. Um, and sometimes that for us today, sometimes that God is us. That's I'm going right. to work hard enough. I'm going to make enough money. I'm going to do whatever enough because I don't need to rely on anybody else. I don't need to rely on friends or family or God or anything because I can do it. I mean, that's the height of American idolatry. That's right. Did you preach yesterday, Alan? No, I did not. But you were there and, you know, it was the fourth Sunday of Easter. So, you know, it's Good Shepherd Sunday. And I love the analogy of the sheep and the Good Shepherd and thinking about that in the way that God loves us. Like, I know we're not literal sheep, but like we cannot go and do and be the hands and feet of God without God's comfort, without God's leadership, without God being there with us. Just like sheep don't know how to, you know, stay cool when they need to stay cool or eat when they need to stay without the shepherd. And a lot of that is what you're talking about here. And they keep putting these kings in. I mean, 15 is literally, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven kings in one chapter. Okay, then 16, two more kings, three more, four more like that. Like it just keep repeating the same thing. Right. And we need that good shepherd that got the God feeling wasn't there, felt broken, being tended for and being cared for. And God's like, how do I get your attention? (laughs) How do I make you see, you know? Yeah, I mean, mean, in 17, it's powerful. It says, you know, the Lord is warning Israel, saying, turn from your evil ways. Um, I commanded your ancestors and sent to you through my servants, the prophets, but you just never listen. And then it goes on a couple verses later, and I, I love this. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. Like, we can't do it when we follow our own and what it, you said, I like how you said we're not literal sheep. Mm-hmm. We kind of are. Sometimes uh, we are. I do. I do what everyone else does. Sure. I, that's, that's what we all do is I want to be liked and I want to be whatever. And so I'm going to hop on the latest app or I'm going to try the latest fad or I'm going to watch the latest movie, right? Netflix literally tells us what everyone is watching and we watch it and they make a lot that's of money right. from it because we're sheep. Right. That's or right. like my favorite video game, growing up was this game called lemmings. I don't know if you ever played it. It's all these little people. All they did was like follow each other and you had to set up these roadblocks or whatever. Cause oh, all really? these dumb little, all these dumb lemmings, they would literally walk off the side of the cliff unless someone was there to stop them and turn them around. Yeah. And here we have in Kings, these people are about to walk off a cliff because they're not listening to the people God put there to stop and turn them around. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I preached about yesterday and discipleship and being, you know, we do need the good shepherd. We do. And how do we do that there? uh, I talked a lot about uh, Bishop Curry's um, book, uh, crazy Christians and that we need that. But I also quoted Frederick Buechner who says, if you want to know where you're going, watch where your feet are going. Cause that's the place it's going to take you, you know? And I love that imagery of like, how do we, and, and I'm sure the people of this time during Kings were thinking the same thing. How do we watch where our feet are going 
to be the best disciples that we can be. Are they taking us where we need them to go? Are we asking, inviting God into this? Are we asking God, where do we need to go? Show me where my feet are going. You know, and that's the question, you know, and there's no real good answer to any of that. Um, And we know that we're going to keep failing at it as well, right? Because that's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. Okay. So we kind of got through 17 there. And then in 18, um, uh, we get Isaiah. Um, This is not, I don't think this is the same Isaiah that we were talking about earlier. It's a different Isaiah. Maybe not. Um, that one died a long time ago. Um, but this one, this one, the king is like, okay, I hear it. I'm messing up. Let me get your message. Let me talk to you. Give me some advice. Um, and I, and God, and he just puts him right back to God. Like, where's God in this? We've been, God's been trying to tell you this, but sometimes we need that, that person, right. To, to speak that godly truth to us, to speak that, um, what we need to know. And then there's just more Kings and more illnesses. It just kind of keeps going and going and going. And, um, it's hard to read. I'm going to be honest because it does feel very repetitive in a lot of ways. Do you feel that? Yeah. And it's really frustrating because like we know the end of the story, right. And we're kind of the, the all-seeing narrator, or we have the all-seeing narrator that that tells us if these people just follow what God says and and be faithful, like none of this stuff's going to happen. And that gets into questions of theodicy and why God, you know, that's a that's a really big question. But in the context of of this book of the Bible, we see people who just fail to be faithful and pay dear consequences for it. And as a reader it's incredibly frustrating to see that happen over and over, let alone for the folks who are actually living it. Yeah. You know, they don't have the benefit of seeing the generations of this. They just know that the King reigning during their lifetime sucks. Right. And we still have temples to all these gods and we're still being attacked and all of it. Well, Alan, I don't want to belittle this part of the Bible because for some reason it's here you know, and there's something to learn from it. So I don't want our listeners to be like, oh, Alan and Mary Ralph are just like, it's the same thing over and over. I, I hope you don't hear that. But I think the what we are supposed to learn from this is when we don't put God first, when we don't put God at the center of our world, this is what happens, right? Is that fair when you think about it? Yeah, and I think... I mean, it's repetitive and that can seem tedious, but it's repetitive for a reason. That's because we fail over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Right. And it could be written today and it could slap whatever name of the president we think is going to come be the savior, slap their name on this. And it's the exact same thing. President so-and-so is human. And so we're all going to be unfaithful. Then president so-and-so from the other party is human, right? We look to leaders. This I mean, we see it today, right? We're going to be in campaign season and we're going to try to elect someone to save us. And it's not going to happen. Ministry too, right? Like you just had your celebration of new ministry. I had mine, you know, fortunately right before the pandemic. 
Like, I feel like, yes, we are the leaders of this pa- these parishes, but we're going to disappoint them. We're going to do things that are not perfect, right? We're going to hurt them, not intentionally, but it will be because we are fallible. We are, you know, people and we have feelings and we mess up and we do things that are not perfect. Now they may, they're probably all made in wonderful um, love and care. I know that I have never done anything like, Oh, I just want to be mean, you know, but I know it's disappointed people, right? Because I'm not God. Right. And I don't ever want to be God. (laughs) I need God. And so I do think there is a lesson to learn from all of this. And it's also part of our history. That's really important. These things need to be written down who these kings were. Even if they failed, we need to understand our history, our Jewish history, because that's what this is. Right. Um, And I think that's important. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. We need to tell the truth because um, I think too often people in leadership positions um, aren't honest about struggles and whatever. And that leads to things like the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast. If right. folks have been following along there, like there's kind of a whole reckoning and kind of the megachurch world that we see um, leaders flaws exposed on the nightly news because maybe they were unable to share their struggles because of the way we view leadership, we see it with political leaders. We see it, whatever we put leaders on a pedestal. They're not able to confess or talk about struggles. And then the whole thing just blows up. Um, and so it's, you know, I think about, I'm trying to be intentional, um, in my relationships now that like, we're going to talk about disappointments and we're going to talk about hurt and we're going to talk about, struggles and we're not going to brush stuff under the rug because then it's going to come up months or years later and, and be a thing it probably shouldn't have been. And so let, let's actually talk about and be honest about, and you know, here are the Kings willing to do that. Right. Or are they paying lip service um, to, Oh yeah, I'm going to get rid of all these idols and I'm going to get rid of all these temples, but we're not really going to talk about the root of the issue, which is, our idolatry and we think we've got it all put together. Well, and that's exactly what happens to end the chapter, right? Or to end the, the actual book. I mean, chapter 25, it, it Jerusalem falls, the temple falls, it all falls. And they're kind of left with everything broke. We tried this whole King's thing we tried these prophets. We tried all these other things and we're just broken. And what is there to look forward to, you know? And um, there is a lot to look forward to. We know that we get to look forward to Jesus Christ, you know, and that's a wonderful thing, but it must have felt very disappointing. You know, it must have felt hard. It must have felt all the things that we feel when we go through these things too. So I guess I want to say that I have learned from first and second Kings. Um, A, I need to understand the history, but B, I can see myself maybe not like worshiping pagans, but I can see myself in the idolatry. I can see myself in putting, following along, following the leader 
instead of saying, you know, we need to have a different voice here. We need to have a different understanding here. And for me, that's God. What about you? What have you learned from first and second Kings? Um, that I'm not alone in my tendency to fail over and over and over again. And yeah. so this, right? Like this is the human condition is we seek power. We seek to go our own way. We seek autonomy. We seek to not be controlled by anyone or anything outside of us. But when we do that, things don't go too well. And then we see here generations of we're going to try and ultimately ends up with the Babylonians coming kind of scorched earth. And that seems to be the end of it. That seems to be the end of the whole operation, right? From Genesis to here, it had been pointing to something. And now that that whole thing seems to be over. Yeah. Here it is. Here's the end. But you named it. This is human nature, right? Um, That's what we have to learn from, from the past, the future. Humans will always mess up. But we also have to remember we have a heart that's connected to God and we want to live in that way and we want to keep trying in every way that we can. Well, we did it. We got through first and second Kings. How many books of the Bible have we been through now? I don't know. I can't count it up, but it's a lot. He's going through on his hand, y'all. Like I think that's twelve. Okay, so twelve in that's uh, like in like a year and yeah. That's less than a fifth of the way through. Yeah, yeah. Got to stick in, stick with me. Um, but eventually yeah. we're going to get to like, you know, we'll get to uh, Philemon and that's going to take like half an episode. First, yeah. second, third John is going to be an episode. You know, those are like three minutes each to read or yeah, something. It's a joy and I love doing it with you. And next week we'll talk about what's happening this summer with the podcast, what Alan and I are going to be up to. Um, and we hope you'll join us. Um, as always, remember that we love you listeners, but most importantly, God does. <laughs>